Hey, Mark. Hey, Matt. How you going, man? <laughs> good, good. The weather's kind of rainy right now, but uh, otherwise, good spirits. Excellent. Excellent. It's getting warmer, right? Like, I mean, it's mid-May. It's Yeah, yeah. Like, like last week, it was super hot and sunny. Like, it, okay. was, it was great. Awesome. But uh, now, and I think for the, the whole week, they're announcing rain. And I think it's like, it's going all the way down to like two degrees Celsius oh. this morning in the morning yeah oh my yeah, god it's, it, that is weird but uh so yeah it's pretty kind of depressing for <laughs> that part yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. since you know I, I had i started tanning again and <laughs> spending whole days at the dog park you know but yeah I now mean, i'm just sheltered in yeah oh jesus okay well i'll be over soon yeah and on the plus side it means i'm super productive because i got nothing else to do <laughs> that's true yeah yeah so yeah I started to uh, dust off the, the dust off of member row. Mm. Yeah, I decided to 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 revisit the whole project. Okay. Um, so probably p- people don't remember what it was. The, the original idea was it was to solve this main pain point, which is that with Airtable forms, you can't you can't like create a form so that people can edit or delete records from your Airtable base. Okay. So. So there's like huge convoluted solutions of like, oh, just create a new record in another table and then use Zapier to like, to like do a diff of the existing record. Anyways, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, and of course, because I see it a lot, because all my customers on Power Importer are using Airtable as their backend. So like, Mm. they're all having this problem. Like, how do I edit stuff? So that's the main pain point that I was going to solve with it. Hmm. And then I thought, well, one way to solve it is to basically put some authentication in front of the forms, right? So like force people to log in and then they can Mm -hmm. edit only the records that they have access to, right? So I see. So you you have a, uh, maybe a user row somewhere and that user row has maybe an, has like another table or another base that represents it's permissions and then things are linked to that permission that they have any yeah. access over. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So okay. like, in, so the idea was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the whole authentication, mm-hmm. but when people register, I'm going to put the member record directly into your air table base. Right. And then you can link it to whatever those members are going to create. So if mm-hmm. they're creating job postings, for example, well, you'll have a job listing table that's linked to the members. So then a member creates one, it's automatically linked to the record. Mm-hmm. And then they have permission to go and edit the job listing or delete it or do right. whatever they want. Yeah, makes so, perfect sense. Yeah, right. So it's like row level locking or low level security. Mm-hmm. So that was the in- initial pain point. So, but, you know, things have really changed since I first came up with this idea, put up a landing page and started collecting emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's like so many solutions out there that people are using. So okay. I had to like revisit the whole thing. Okay. And it, be- it became clear when I was trying to do the copywriting for it. Like I was, you know, even though I was using my favorite co-founder, ChatGPT, <laughs> like, <laughs> the copywriting was hard. Like it's like, well, what is, what, what makes this different than, than other solutions? Right. So it very quickly turned into market research and positioning, okay. which which I never really did before. <laughs> Usually, like I would find a problem, 
hi, here's a solution. And then see if it sticks. And, mm-hmm. and if not pivot. And so this time I was like, no, I think I need to do a bit more of a positioning exercise. Like okay. The traditional positioning exercise. Sure. <coughs> so, yeah. So I started looking at uh, all the new tools that are out there mm-hmm. and say, where do I position myself in, in, in this new market? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, am my, Am I like a, a tool for developers, like Superbase or Firebase, mm. where instead of a, a Postgres database, it's your Airtable that powers it? Right. So that was that was one idea. Like, is it, you know, is it like a headless CMS? Hmm. But um, yeah, I quickly decided against it. <laughs> and then I was like, well, is it like a, a tool to build note code websites, like a Softer or Potion? I mean. Mm-hmm. Potion is, is for Notion, but uh, you know, you, software is basically the the equivalent. Like it takes your Airtable and generates a website for you. Right. But uh, yeah, I was reading, I was going on Reddit and seeing all the negative things people are saying about software. Mm. <laughs> so like to get an idea, like what I could solve, and and then I was like, nah, it's not really, it's not really what I want to be doing. Um, because I don't think I could do a much better job than they they're doing. Like they they have like these fixed templates, and you can customize them a little bit. But that's what mostly people are complaining about. Like you know, I want full control over the interface. Like like with Webflow, I want to be able to change the whole interface. I see. And it's like mm, nah. Mm. So yeah, and then it was like, oh well, maybe it could just be the back end for no code front ends like Webflow and mm-hmm. and, and there's a bunch of new ones now. I've, I've I went down a, a deep rabbit hole of all these new visual website builders. Mm-hmm. There's so many, and it's like no, that is that is just too big of a scope for me to build one of these front ends. Sure. And as for the back ends, there's there's plenty of new ones that are no code, but. Uh, they're so complicated. Like, and even when when I go and scrape their H ones and their hero sections, because I was like putting them all into a document to get a full picture, it's very clear that they're targeting like people who code. So it's like mm-hmm. low code or, or practically developers at that point. Like yeah. <laughs> people who started as no coders and then became low coders, and now are pretty much full on coders. Right. So yeah, so so I think I think I I found the the positioning, and what really helped is I did some brainstorming with my co-founder. <laughs> I was looking for for like use cases, <laughs> like, like what what could I build with this solution, right? Right. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, and I was ah, oh, it's <laughs> my co-founder is an excellent brainstormer. Like, <laughs> yeah. I bet he, I bet they are. Yeah. <laughs> He came up with a bunch of ideas, and then I so I I picked a few of the use cases. Oh yeah, this this is a great use case that demonstrates how it would work. Okay. So now I think I'm ready to like to like finish the copywriting okay. and start building the landing page for it. Okay. So where did you land? Like what? T- like yeah. Where, where are you at? Then? <clears throat> so it's it's really about about the authenticated forms. See, it's, it's almost like I'm back to, back to the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, but it's really about adding authentication to your site, so membership. But really, the goal is just so that you can have forms that people can edit Airtable records. Okay. And, and then, then it fits well with Power Importer. Like, 
you know, it, it, it becomes an easy fit for, for those customers to use. Right. And the use cases that I came up with are, are use cases that anybody with a, a website could use. Like I, what I really want to be able to demonstrate is to be able to, to put up a, a card website. Mm-hmm. So you're familiar with the card service? Like yeah, I, I remember reading about it a long, long time ago, but I, and I'm sure the product has moved since. It's... No, I think it's still, it's still pretty much the same, like dead simple, like one page okay. website builder. Okay. So it builds this one page website for you. Super easy, but a bunch of different designs. and um, But, you know, there's no CMS. There's no mm-hmm. authentication. It has none of that functionality. Right. So I was like, if I can show demos of like, just with a very normal, simple one-page website, you can easily have these authentication and forms. Then all of a sudden it becomes like, it becomes a, a job board or it becomes an event registration site. Or, mm, yeah. Like, so that's like that's the direction I'm going in. It, it's it's very no code where you you don't care so much about the design. Um, you just want you just need a, a page up with like some a bit of like logic for CRUD basically. Yeah. It's very simple CRUD app. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Um. So, what are you thinking about for uh? for how to how to tell people about this because like it's interesting like what you talk about like i understand what you mean how do you explain it so that no code people understand it because that that actually is kind of difficult that i think about it's like of course yeah it is (laughs) absolutely and that's why i was struggling so much with the copywriting it Mm -hmm. was like you know like i i I could describe it in like a thousand words (laughs) yeah but how do you explain it with just an h1 and a a hero section. Sure. And I, th- I think the answer is those use cases. Mm-hmm. Like basically have, I have a pretty generic hero section that just describes the potential. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. build, you know, build with no code and easily using Airtable as your backend, like something, something along those lines. Right. Uh, but then, very quickly, like below the fold, start showing showcase like uh, use cases. Yeah, and either have a uh, some videos of me showing each use case, or some animated GIF that just shows very quickly mm-hmm. what it would look like. Totally. And that's the part where, yeah, I'm not sure yet exactly how I'm going to build those. Are they going to be completely mocked up, or or will they have an MVP powering it? Mm. I've also I haven't tried it yet, but I'm, I want to revisit Framer. Like I, I remember mm-hmm. I saw it years ago, and it was good for that kind of stuff, like like just prototyping and something, and then being able to just click through the different screens as if it was a fully functioning app. Yeah, back when I used Framer, that's what it was for. I think yeah. it has since pivoted more into like code generation. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much now like. It's like a Webflow contender now. It's, yeah. it's a full-on website or or app builder. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I'm but I, I'm thinking maybe it still has a bit of that pro- prototyping like mode. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so then my my goal is to put up a landing page and uh, yeah, start uh, talking to people. Awesome. 
see if I nailed the problem and solution. Mm -hmm. uh, who are you thinking about contacting? Are you going to pull people from your existing customer base? From Well, I, I already have a waiting list. Oh, that's right. right. Been, yeah. yeah, it's been collecting emails now for maybe two years. <laughs> I, I put, whenever I edit the podcast, I always put a link to Memberro in there. So I know I need but, uh, should have put a UTM source. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it yeah it still it still gets it still gets leads with that ugly landing page. So interesting. Yeah, but now I bought Tailwind UI. Ah, uh, yes, there you go. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the club, sir. Yeah, goodbye, Bootstrap. <laughs> That's like. 12 years of using bootstrap it served me well but uh, later skater i don't know all the cool kids are using tailwind now <laughs> honestly like i tailwind is fine I, I don't know i just like i'm not a front-end developer i just want a thing that makes things really easy and the only reason i use tailwind is because i have tailwind ui i just have so right. many i have such a large component library that i can draw from that it makes no like i will say ChatGPT is very good at generating tailwind components but all the same it's like oh i can just oh nav let me pop in a nav let me pop in a, this component that component oh i've got a toast already styled that fits the container it's in like it, it they're just so useful as reusable components in general that yeah yeah exactly that's it like i i mean i i do believe when you're trying to build a new mvp like you should use the stack that you're familiar with like you don't want to waste time learning a new stack no yeah. but i mean at one point you you gotta you gotta move on <laughs> yeah gotta, right because like all the examples you're seeing out there are tailwind and yeah it's like it, i might as well just learn it and use it mm. but i mean like i i don't know i i don't know much about either framework really but like what's the big difference like i guess uh, is is bootstrap more grid based or like no i think that part is very similar also like the, there is i guess the the big difference is that bootstrap like gives you fully styled components and yeah you can customize them by by changing the 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 sas file like changing the the default configuration but most people don't and they just mm -hmm. use it like that so you don't you don't you don't play around with style when you use bootstrap it's okay. like the styles already set the components are already styled and you just use them as is and right which means that your markup is a lot leaner like you just have to say this is a button so ah. <laughs> this is a this is a button so you add the class btn and btn primary because i want it to be the primary color got it and that's it you know, for Tailwind, it's going to be no. Here's, you know, ten thousand classes to <laughs> to style the button. Yeah, I was uh, I was doing a little bit of hacking, and I used uh, I I just wanted a tree view. I googled <laughs> I googled like front end framework tree view, and I was and I told myself I will pick whatever framework comes up that has a tree view in it, and uh, <laughs> Material UI came up. So I did a little bit of playing yeah. with Material UI. And very similar of just like, oh, yeah, like there's a what, a, what, yeah, like the button classes are like, yeah, button primary or button secondary or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's very similar. I mean, Material UI, I believe, is built on top of Bootstrap. No, oh, well, there you go. I, I think, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. Today I learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Material UI, I like also. 
Yeah, now you're going to be chucking lots of classes in there. Get ready. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the other big change I did. And then since I was so open-minded to new frameworks. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing caution to the wind. (laughs) Exactly. YOLO, let's just do it, man. (laughs) A new man. I'm a new man. So I I checked out uh, Bullet Train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you listen to Framework Friends with... Yeah, I I had to stop listening to Framework Friends because they were like, oh, they're they like, let's t- let's talk to the most passionate person about the framework that they build. And I'm just like, no, I can't do Elixir this week. I'm busy. Like, I, I need to do other things. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like every week there's a new thing and I'm never going to get any work done because each time I'm going to be, I need to dive into this. Yeah. Uh, and the creators are so good at selling it. Like after listening to the one on Elixir and uh, Phoenix and Live View, I was like, I can't listen to this fucking podcast anymore. Like, <laughs> it's impossible. But yeah, I all that to say, uh, yes. So I I was familiar with Bullet Train. I did a not a deep dive, but at one point I was very interested in these SaaS starters. Well, at the time they were SaaS starters, so like I knew about like SaaS Pegasus for Python. I had heard about Bullet Train, and there's another one for Ruby on Rails. Yeah, that's and actually I used I bought the other one. It's Jumpstart Pro. Jumpstart, Jumpstart Pro, yeah. And then yeah, yeah like, like Gravity for Node. There's yeah, like there's yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, I mean there is an episode like from two years ago where I I talk about how I bought that for yeah. Member Row. Mm-hmm. So the first version of Member Row was built with Jumpstart Pro, mm-hmm. but like I'm, I've been a Rails developer forever. Like, mm-hmm. But there's a few things that I like I hate like. <laughs> database migrations so i've been using i've been using mongodb like for for over a decade Mm -hmm. so i love i love not having migrations and just being able to and so much of the stuff you use anyways is is json so like why not just use a database that speaks json natively like yeah so i love mongodb but all these frameworks like are opinionated and they come you know no no postgres that's what you have to use yeah so i you know i grudgingly used it for the first version of member row with with jumpstart pro mm-hmm. uh, and then i was like oh I, and i was yeah just <laughs> stuck with migrations and i hated it so you know when i shelved it like i never revisited it okay but now it was like I, i've i think i've said this on the podcast before my my biggest problem the, where I, I waste the most amount of time is building UIs like yeah. for for apps, mm-hmm. and and Rails has this like feature that comes with it, which is uh, it's called scaffolding. Okay. So you, you could just like run a command Rails scaffold like and the name of a model and if you give it the fields that that model is going to have, mm-hmm. and it generates you know the controller with all the CRUD actions. Uh, all the views for it uh, wow. and the forms, but it's ugly as hell. <laughs> like no one like does that and then ships it in production. Like right. it just you know it's it's nice when you're doing a little demo. Like it's it's really great for yeah you want to show some other feature and you want to do a screencast. Well then it's great for that because you get to generate a bunch of pages and then now I'm going to show you this actual gem that this. Right. screencast is about mm. but the pages it generates is ugly and it's unusable and nobody uses that but that yeah bullet train has its own 
super scaffolding is what they call it. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, it's, it's amazing. Like <laughs> what it generates is actually usable. Like I would actually use for like for a customer facing interface for a lot of cases. Wow. And there's just, there's just so much stuff that it does that, that you always have to end up reinventing yeah. each time. Like, you know, you, let's say you have a model and that model has a relationship to another model, like as children, let's say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's an order and you have order right, light items, right? Yeah. Right. And it's like when you, when you create your rest API, like your paths, it, they're all going to, it's always going to be the same, right? It's like the order, the order ID, and then like the ID of the items, right? Right. Or, and it just does all that for you. Like, hmm. or the fact that like you always, you know, most of the time when you're, you, you have a form on a site, like a, a SaaS product, it's being attached to like some kind of member record, right? Like a user record or hmm. like you, when you go, you know, look at your orders, it doesn't go and, to order dot all for like all the orders in the database, right? right? It always scopes them to who's logged in, like mm-hmm. only their orders. Right. And so all of that, it, it takes care of also, because you mm-hmm. always have to end up just doing it. You, you redo it every single time for all your models. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it just, it's the, I, I finally played around with it and it, it's as good as I thought it was going to be. That's fantastic. Yeah. It does mean to have to switch to postgres but <laughs> oh right okay but yeah but do you have to like what um if you did switch to mongodb what what happens oh uh, no it, it doesn't support it like it, it's just it's a no-go yeah exactly it's 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 tightly connected to active record which is the orm for rails and it's like no no you gotta you gotta drink the kool-aid you gotta you gotta do it the rails way can you swap active record out for for some kind of <laughs> compliant no sequel source uh, yeah i i don't know <laughs> no one's done it like i haven't seen a gem out there that's like a active record wrapper for i mean you you, you basically i mean i guess you could like if you no i don't think you can okay Act, active record is so like it's so linked to Rails. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> even if you generate a pro, you generate a Rails project and you tell it don't include Active Record, mm-hmm. it still includes it. Like, it still includes <laughs> the gem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like it's still it's still there. Like, okay. So you'd have to like completely override it with your own version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you can always use a JSON B column and <laughs> just fucking <laughs> stuff all your stuff in there. Yeah, I know exactly. And I mean, it might be worth the trade-off. Like the fact that, yes, I have to, you know, I have to, to to make sure my models are well thought out before I generate them and before I generate the migrations and all that, mm-hmm. which you want to do anyways, since you're going to be using this super scaffolding that's going to generate your screens for you. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. Right. You yeah. might as well think it through, but <clears throat> I think I, it'll be worth it. I can think ways around that. <laughs> and I and I can still use Mongo for other things, right? Like yeah, true. Like like for member role, right? like I can use a super scaffolding for you know for all the you know the member records and maybe all the the connections for the actual the other mappings, like for the, the the forms they want to create based on the tables they have in Airtable. 
but then like the actual like caching of Airtable data and and uh, syncing with Airtable, like, mm. you know, having a, a queue of pending mutations I want to do to Airtable, like right. I could I can that stuff doesn't need a UI, so I can, yeah, I can yeah. use my stack for that. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> That's a realization I've come to over the years. Is like most apps are they're just crud that that's all they are right so if you separate all the other stuff and just concentrate on the crud like you can you can use the most basic stack for that like it's just it's just crud i'm just putting stuff in a database but now all this other functionality is going to use that model that's in a database to actually do some other work Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? Like, yeah, most of what we build really is, yeah, I've got a model and like maybe you can only create, but you can't delete. Or like, you know, it's like it's either it's either all four things in CRUD or one or two or more depending on your permission or, yeah, your grants. But yeah, it's really just, yeah, it's that and then receiving a webhook and doing some like asynchronous stuff to up- update things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, someone creates an order. All right. Yeah, that's just an order table. There's the order. Just put it in the order table there. But then you can have something else completely on the side that's asynchronous and it looks for new orders. And then when it finds a new order, it does it does the fulfilling of that order. And it sends yeah. emails and it checks inventory. And, you know, it does all the other stuff. Like, yeah, it's true. Really is true. Way to make me feel good, Mark. <laughs> You know, Matt, most of what you do is really just crud. It's just crud, man. It's just crud. You're just a crudder. Yeah. It's just another, yet another crud app. <laughs> hey, you know what? If I can make 10K MRR just creating and updating things, hey, I'll take that money. I mean, look at all the people making, yeah, lots of money just putting a UI in front of GPT. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just calling read GPT. Done. <laughs> what is the blockchain? But crud in a very decentralized ledger. <laughs> exactly. It's crud all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, that's so, that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I I'm I'm excited again. Oh, uh, and I guess I should ask. Um how well does Copilot and or GPT work with uh, Bullet Train and uh, and Tailwind? For Tailwind, I used it just a little bit and it seems to do great. Awesome. Uh, I haven't tested it with uh, Super Scaffolding. Okay. Yeah, I, which is another reason why I went with Tailwind is because Bullet Train is all Tailwind. Oh, okay. And so Super Scaffolding, so it's like, you know, it, it's everywhere. You just just accept it. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> accept this is how we build stuff with the web now. Mm-hmm. We don't use CSS anymore. We use inline styles. <laughs> we use inline styles, and then we use what's that shit called? Purge CSS too. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm just yeah. going to specify one class that imports fifty classes, and then I'm going to trim away forty eight of them. Cool. That's how we do it now. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. I want to be one of the cool kids. So, Well, welcome to the club. I was waiting <laughs> so for the, you to join. <laughs> now the question is, do I build in public? Hmm. 
That is an interesting question. I'm just trying to decide how I feel about that before you give me your answer. Uh, okay, what are you? How, what are you thinking? Where 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 have you landed? And define build in public. What what does that look like for a project like this? Yeah, I mean, part of me, part of me feels. I mean, as an aside, I I keep like a developer log, mm. so I, I use LogSeek. It's like a, it's an offline wiki kind of app. Okay. And uh, I each day, like you have a a journal entry for each date, and I just I just write everything I'm I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And then I can easily search back and like, wait, I think I've seen this bug before. And then I search and I find it again. Oh yeah, I encountered it like five days ago. And right. So so I part of me feels like well. Building a public on Twitter would could solve a bit of that also. Like, I mean, of course, people don't want to just see the rambling, like <laughs> you know, like me, just like, oh, this button is misaligned. <laughs> I changed it from P four to P five, and <laughs> exactly right. Like, yeah. So, so it so I, I doesn't completely replace my habit of logging everything, but mm-hmm. but it would be part of me feels like I should be taking more screenshots of what I'm working on mm-hmm. to see the evolution. Like I wish mm. I had some screenshots of power importer from two years ago. Like, like I, I don't think I have any, I didn't, I didn't make any mm. or like, yeah. It's all so like I feel building public could solve some of that. Like if I'm constantly sharing screenshots and mm. getting feedback from people here, you know, here's a, two versions of the the hero section which you prefer mm. so that part of that i think would be useful and would be valuable for maybe for other people also like to see mm-hmm. the, the evolution but but i do fear like i mean first of all i'm not trying to build an audience so it's like it's not like i'm not doing it to build an audience right because I, I i don't think i don't think the customers for this product are really the people I want to make friends with. I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So to say it back to you, what I hear here is the kinds of things that you want to share about the journey are not necessarily relevant to the people who would be your customers. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I guess. Well, that's it. Like either I'm building in public to build an audience, and that audience would be non-technical people that want to build products. Right. And they would they need they need member row. Mm-hmm. And I don't think at all that's what I want to be doing. Like even though that's what the business would benefit from. Right. But I'm more I'm more leaning towards I would build in public because I wanna have daily conversation with other indie hackers about mm-hmm. building. Right. But I am I am scared of copycats. Like it's so early. Yeah. Right. Like I'm you know, I'm already. I'm just talking about positioning and like all the the other products that are out there. Like it's so early. Man, copycats. Like, uh, yeah. Like I totally understand. I yeah, I completely understand. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I answered my own question. Since I'm not trying to build an audience, I don't have to think about it as building public. Like, just share stuff when I want people's feedback and not. Not do the whole MRR porn. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who does a really good job of building in public. 
Because, like, I don't know. I guess when I think about who I follow on Twitter, it's not like I follow... I follow people who are relevant to me. <clears throat> so if you were you were relevant to me because I was a no coder, that would make that would make a difference. But you would need to like if you tweeted me if you tweeted some Ruby code, I'd be like, well, I'm a no coder. I don't. This, right. this, this isn't helping me. That's a very that's a very interesting question, isn't it? Well, and I guess like yeah. So t- maybe to to kind of um, put a wrap around it, like when you say building in public. It sounds like what you mean is sharing. You have a you have a product. The goal is to have a product in a given area, and you want the content that you post to align with that with that area, so that people see you building, they understand what you're building, and they and it resonates with them. Um, and the reality is that you might be tweeting more about the building, but the building is not necessarily accessible to the people. Who would be yeah. consuming the end product hmm. right like if i was really trying to build an audience for this product well i would be sharing builds that i'm that i've built with memberro mm-hmm. like you know you know here's a an appointment scheduler here's a you know a form to collect testimonials there's a you know yeah. like just a bunch of use cases and mm-hmm. throw them up quickly with card and memberro and yeah so I mean, I will. I do have a member of Twitter account, so yeah, I should do that there. Because mm. for that account, yes, that that's all I'm doing is building an audience, right? Mm. But for my my judo hacker indie hacker persona, right? You know, it's like it's no. I wanna, I wanna. It, it's my it's my water cooler. I just want to hang out with other indie hackers and yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a really good point. It's a really good point. Yeah, I mean that's it. Like, like who do I follow that does it well? I mean, like Peter Levels, but I would say he shares more than I care to consume. Sure. <laughs> like he, he just like it. You know, it's like basically every day. Like here, I just added this, and it's like, well, first of all, I'm not a customer of his products. But, yeah. Right, so yeah. it's like it's it's like a, a new feature, and it's like yeah, my, I don't care. Like yeah, it's it. I don't not, I don't dislike it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I don't unfollow him because well, I don't I don't care. But mm. it's like, but sometimes he comes up with like, oh yeah, I'm ha- I had this problem, and, th- and that's the solution. Like then, oh okay, now that's interesting. Okay, I'm trying to like I'm drawing a total bl- blank on like who I follow that does this well. Or that where it's relevant to me, like what they're building is relevant, or or yeah, like. But I don't, yeah, but I don't think it has to be relevant, right? Yeah, like, I, the, I, you know, their dates. It's the problems they deal with in the, in the day to day that are yeah, that are most relevant. Because I don't think there's not a single Peter level product. Oh, that's not true. I did buy his make book. Okay. So I did consume. I did. I did buy one thing that he's built, but otherwise I haven't used any of his services. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, it's sometimes he, he has this problem, and then this is how he solved it. And right. So yeah, I guess I guess uh, don't build in public without building in public, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Basically, build in public without the hashtag. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. You continue to build and share what you're doing and why you're doing it because it is interesting. Um, it's just going to be interesting for me for different reasons then it'll be interesting to the next person or even the person who the product is meant for. 
Yeah, is, yeah, isn't that funny? It's like I care about the building phase. The building phase is what's interesting to me, but the product itself is I, I'm not its customer versus right. a customer who's really interested in the in the end product but not in the building. Yeah, no, exactly. It's very very different audiences. Mm. I don't know anyone that merges it all together and does a good job. I mean, I guess anyone who's building a Twitter tool, like right, because. Mm you're on Twitter. So like, <laughs> yeah, your, your audience is a potential customer, no matter what niche your audience is in. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't, maybe tuple, but like, I would even say that they don't even necessarily do a good job of, of marketing themselves. They're like, I think they solve a problem where it's like, I need a tool to help me do pair programming. So like, if you have that problem, you are acutely aware of it and you know about tuple. If you don't do it, then you just like don't care and you don't you don't see, seek them out. But like, I don't know, if you run a developer tool and you tweet nice things, like I don't love controversial stuff. I'm not a hot takes person. But if you're tweeting developer friendly things and it's like, oh, that's, you know, it's good to get a glimpse into your mind and you run a developer tool. So it kind of rolls into one like that's that's that works. But even still, like I'm having trouble. <laughs> I'm having trouble coming up with examples of of where that's the case, of where that's true. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been more active on Twitter and I'm enjoying myself. So hmm. I guess I just need to keep doing that. Maybe share a bit more behind the seat of member row, but, uh, hmm. but not share everything. Yeah. Right. Like not the whole, like this, you know, this is the strategy I'm using to, <laughs> to, to get customers. And, <laughs> These are the keywords that I'm targeting via my SEO. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. That's the, that's the part. Or this is how I built this very complicated part of the site. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I'm eager to see how this goes. So uh, what is, what's, what are your goals for the next seven to 12 days? What's the most important thing that you need to work on next? It's to get that landing page with the car with the the copy okay. up and and start uh, sending it to people and talking to people. Okay. Yep. Great. This is very exciting. I'm eager to see you back in the back in the um, validation saddle. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. starting up to something. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's batting two, two for zero. Matt is, is Matt even holding a bat? I'm not sure. You could be the water boy. Exactly. Yeah. I'm very good at carrying water. Stay hydrated. All right. So I'll talk to you next time. Yeah. I'll catch you next time. Awesome. See you.